You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Everyone, welcome to another edition of Campus Beat. It's the first edition of Campus Beat for CFRC's annual funding drive. Donate now through cfrc.ca today. And uh, we have a very special guest in our virtual studio. We have Emily Changer, the director and curator of the Agnes Etherington Arts Center. Welcome, Emily. Thanks so much. I'm really happy to be here. We're really here virtually and in Kingston. <laughs> We're so excited to have you here virtually and in Kingston. Yay, everyone. All right. So, Emily, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your fabulous new role as director and curator at the Agnes. Wow. And congratulations. How huge. Thank you, Thank you very much. Um, you know, I... My background is as a visual artist. You know, I trained in sculpture and installation. I had many years of dipping into theater and set design and uh, costume design and lighting. And, um, you know, I think that was kind of formative to my approach to curating. But for the first, for the last 20 years or so, I've worked as a contemporary art curator, uh, often working in deep collaboration with artists and communities. Um, I'm kind of known in the country for an engaged institutional practice I call inReach. So I'm very interested in the ways in which different cultural protocols, different ways of working, different social economies come into the institutions of art and transform that, them from within. So I believe outreach is absolutely an important thing that the institutions of art can do, but I'm actually more interested in dismantling the institution of art from the inside and working closely with artists and communities, including non-artists, um, in deep collaboration for long periods of time to understand what the future of our practices are. And I take very seriously, you know, the etymological roots of curating, which is to care. Um, and I care deeply about social relations and civic responsibility. And I always think of the art institution's role as being rooted in the social and civic functions that it can play. I'm also a writer. Oh, wow. And, um, I approach all of these things uh, from the point of view of being an artist, a curator, and writer. So while I might be the director of the Agnes, I do consider it a curatorial project. Um, I mean, I'm super thrilled to be at the Agnes at this particular pivotal and transformative moment in the institution's um, history and in particular its future. And I don't know whether I'm dropping a big nugget of information here right on air, um, but and how many folks know, but I'm sure it is in the collective consciousness, um, that we have received a significant gift 
of $53 million as a lead gift to begin the process of hopefully raising more um, to uh, rebuild the Agnes from the ground up. So I'm coming in at this moment where we are looking toward building a new facility, but to my mind, with the new facility, we are also building a new institutional culture. I believe that Agnes will emerge as um, an internationally renowned and, um, and major player on the national scene in transforming museological practice in Canada, um, in particular from uh, an Indigenous and decolonial lens. Thank you very much for all of that. It's nice to learn so much about you in a very short amount of time. We really do appreciate it. So what has driven overall your research and curatorial um, inspirations and, and, and expertise over the years? Yeah, you know, I'm very interested in um, the intersection of contemporary art practice and vernacular tradition. Um, so a lot of my project has sort of circulated around the constitution of new traditions. So I, I truly believe that, just as I believe that all art is only ever contemporary to its time. So when I talk about contemporary art, I mean all art of all times, because mm -hmm. uh, I don't think about things in linear historical terms. I'm always thinking of things along a continuum. So I, my curatorial practice has been very engaged in looking at traditions as they transform over time. And I think often, I'm not necessarily a curator um, who has worked with thematics. I'm much more interested in methodologies. So for instance, my interest in vernacular tradition wouldn't be to make an exhibition about vernacular tradition or an exhibition about activist practices. I'm interested in how the curatorial and the institutions of art themselves take up vernacular traditional forms and methodologies or activist forms and methodologies to enact social and civic change. So it's always an action-based sensibility for me. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm always interested, like really goes to the heart of inReach too, thinking about what other methodologies the curatorial takes up in that changes the Western framework of art practice as we know it. Um, so I'm often working, my projects are often long-term. So I'm sort of work two to three years on a project. I often work with individuals and groups who might not have a perceived natural affinity, but we work for many years building trust and creating new sort of practices and concepts in our collaboration. And then often we take to the streets. I mean, I also love making exhibitions in galleries, but I also love working in the public sphere. So often my projects have taken the form of existing um, and well-recognizable dramaturgical forms like street processions or civic ceremonials. And I recast the characters of these civic dramas uh, with individuals and groups who are often not at the civic heart of their city. Great, thank you so much. So now let's move on to your life now here in Kingston. You have recently uh, come from the art gallery at York University. So how's the transition been to life right here in Kingston 
as well as a new gallery, especially with COVID-19 in mind. How's it been going for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, well, I like to say that I passed through the pandemic portal. Um, and in many ways, I, I worked at the AGYU for 17 years mm-hmm. on my 17th anniversary just before, uh, which would have happened just the week after the announcement of my appointment at the Agnes. But, you know, I think about this and I'm like, wow, on, on March 13th, I left work. And uh, on the other side of this, I emerged in a new position at a new institution in a different city. Um, so, you know, this portal has been um, good for me. I, it's it's uh, a difficult transition in the sense that I am somebody, as you can probably guess from how I describe my work, um, somebody who's like deeply engaged with human beings and being in proximity and looking people in the eye and having a kind of relationship um, that is often, you know, constituted by physical presence. So starting a new position with like a staff team of 30 amazing human beings and not actually getting to spend time with them or not having a kind of understanding of the culture of the office has been strange. Um, But, you know, I'm somebody who also seizes every possible moment for innovation and transformation. So it's interesting to me to be doing this at this time, in particular, with a potential ensuing closure of the Agnes because of the revitalization, to be thinking a lot about what the future working methodologies are um, for us without a space. And COVID is actually teaching us a lot about how to work, what's important, um, what what does it mean to be working when you can't gather socially. So it's both difficult, but it doesn't come without its own um, kind of methodological possibilities. Amazing. Okay, so you have talked a little bit, you've hinted at uh, the new uh, rebuild, if you will, of the Agnes space. I'd love to hear more about that. But can you tell us too about other projects, initiatives, and of course, exhibitions that you are looking forward to this coming year at the Agnes? Absolutely. I mean, I have to plug because opening tomorrow night um, and running until November 8th, um, I is the Agnes's first participation in Art Toronto. Uh, And it's the first time the Agnes has participated as a cultural institution and partner. And we're presenting the work of Kingston-based artist Chantal Rousseau and, you know, furthering our mandate to promote artists of the region nationally and internationally. And I'm sure as many listeners already know because they've already been to the Agnes and seen it, but if you haven't, please come quickly. Um, But Chantel's solo exhibition, Tap Dancing Seagull and Other Stories, is currently on view um, until mid-December. And, you know, this exhibition, as well as our booth um, at Art Toronto, features all new work that translate her painstakingly rendered watercolors into animated GIFs. But coming up in the winter um, is a fabulous project called Drift Art and Dark Matter. And this is a residency and exhibition project that's brought together international and local artists. Mm -hmm. Yes, we talked with Mark Richardson recently about this. So you know it's a collaboration with the Snow Lab in Sudbury and the R.C. McDonald Canadian Astro Particle Physics Institute at Queen's. 
But, you know, Drift to me is really a beautiful project um, because I'm, I'm a big fan of processual ways of working where residencies culminate in exhibitions and there's all these levels of engagement and interdisciplinary entanglement. But what it's become very interesting about Drift is it's drifting from the physical because the artists, of course, did mini residencies at the Snow Lab. But because of COVID, the artists are meeting in um, what the curator, Sunny Kerr, calls a playgroup. Mm-hmm. And they're meeting online and still hanging out. Uh, and then, of course, you know, as they're incubating these radical ideas at trans send disciplinary and geographical boundaries online, you know, the public can come see at the Agnes in the winter, the sort of culmination um, or the physical manifestation, because I wouldn't even call it a culmination, a physical manifestation of this interdisciplinary experiment. And residencies will continue to play an important role in our approach to research and production at the Agnes, especially as we prototype new styles to programs in anticipation for our ensuing closure. And we're really thinking a lot about the idea of residency um, in these COVID times, but I'm deeply thinking about this, just to get one more thing in there, about what residency means to a place that originated as a home. So I'm very interested in the Etherington House and Agnes Etherington's gift to Queens of her home um, to further the cause of art in the community. So I'm I'm very eager to actually turn the house back into a home and for the future Agnes to be supporting artist residencies in this way, like actually artists living in the home. Um, sorry, <laughs> I just I just had to say that because it's just such a beautiful. I mean, most art institutions would like love to think about hospitality and you know artist residencies today. It's very au courant, and I'm like, we actually have a house, my friends. <laughs> so yeah, why wouldn't we absolutely? follow that line of trajectory and in thinking of like what it means to operate on a continuum to bring Agnes Etherington's desire to further art in the community to life in the present day and what that what that means um, for artists. I'm so also, would, you, oh, yeah. so would you say you're shaking things up a little bit at the, at the Agnes? I don't know. I mean, the Agnes is pretty rad already. I mean, I was, I'm coming to join a team that I really respect. And the Agnes, of course, is an institution that I have paid a lot of attention to over the years. Um, you know, I think that I bring a certain kind of practice um, that is rooted in long-term engagement in developing relationships with communities and artists over long periods of time, mm-hmm. of thinking about history in maybe less linear terms. So I think that will um, certainly have bearing on our work at the Agnes, but it uh, is only building really on what the Agnes already strives to do. Excellent, excellent. So now you've mentioned now a few times uh, an ensuing closure. Do we know what's happening over the next, I guess, couple of years then? Well, I would say, you know, when we say ensuing closure, and let's keep in mind, I'm like the long-term project girl. So ensuing to me, it can be like two years. Yeah, (laughs) it's not happening tomorrow, folks. It's not (laughs) happening tomorrow, folks. Um, And in fact, 
you know, I, you know, at least another year and a half. I mean, we have a pretty strong program um, that we want to see through. We have 17,000 objects that we need to pack and move. Um, so the, the logistics around closing a major art center like the Agnes doesn't happen overnight. Um, and of course, COVID presented all kinds of, um, let's say, delays and, and drifts just to bring Sonny's project back up uh, with our program. And we're committed to seeing through the curators and artists projects. So they will definitely happen. And, but we're bringing, and we're bringing people along for the ride. Like the next year and a half very much is thinking about the projects that are happening in the gallery, but really supporting some super interesting research that will be undertaken over the next year and a half, but that might culminate while we're closed or, you know, create a closing moment or be so in depth um, that might be the beginning of a reopening. And, you know, I point to these two uh, Bader Fellows in textile conservation and research, and we have these Bader Fellows, fellows from time to time, but this year we're having two because of an ensuing closure, but because their projects are so incredibly aligned with the work that we're already doing. Um, and I don't know how much time we have, but I would love to sort of introduce them. And this, this is like another one of those nuggets because it hasn't actually been um, publicly announced. So I'm using this opportunity to tell everybody about Jason Cyrus and Dr. Laura Pierce, our two um, Bader Fellows in Textile Conservation and Research, which is also a wonderful partnership with Art Conservation at Queen's. Um, so Jason's research is looking at investigating the connections between Agnes's historic dress co collection and the transatlantic slave trade, the Underground Railroad, and ecological issues of resource extraction. So he's using advanced observational tools in the labs of art conservation um, to uncover the stories in the study of cotton and dyes in this collection and where the cottons and dyes are coming from. Mm -hmm. But not only as a means of historically locating the materials and their lineages vis-a-vis uh, -vis the transatlantic slave trade, uh, but as a way to simultaneously highlight, highlight the rich legacy of racialized individuals who use clothing to assert their agency at a foundational time in Canadian history, mm -hmm. but with a very particular attention to Kingston history. And the second fellow, Dr. Laura Pierce, research addresses the problem of geographical distance between Indigenous audiences and heritage items that are housed um, largely in museum vaults um, by exploring ways to providing remote, uh, improved remote visual access to collections um, by using, again, this advanced technology um, that the tools and processes of art conservation afford. And this work dovetails so beautifully with Agnes's ongoing work in addressing care and access of, of the historicized ancestors in the collection. And it promises to be, you know, another long-term engagement with communities, as well as for us to simultaneously understand how to best approach productive intersection of community and collections in the new facility. So everything we're doing right now is prototyping ways of working and prototyping ethics around our work. Um, in, and we're using the time of the closure, in fact, to do this work as we constitute what I call the communities to come 
um, in the in the new Agnes. Okay, so there's some really exciting uh, exhibitions, residencies, initiatives, and projects happening. What do you love most about your job so far? Um, imagining the future, which is yet to be known. I love working in a situation where um, the outcome is not known in advance. Okay. And can you tell us what you're loving most about Queens and Kingston so far? Well, you know, I think, you know, I love living close to the water. Of course, you know, there is a Lake Ontario in Toronto, but we somehow as Torontonians, one never realized that it was there. Um, so I, but I think it's like beautiful that it is so present in the city of Kingston. Um, I'm really happy to be here in the fall. I think it's really an incredible scene. I have this view of this limestone church outside my place. Um, I'm really thrilled to be at Queens. It uh, feels like Queens is also in very much in a transformative moment um, of reckoning and change uh, with its own history, but very much future oriented. And I'm really happy to be a part of that transformation as well. And, you know, it's really nice to be at a smaller university where there is a certain sense of intimacy, where people know each other, where collaborations can happen quite quickly. Um, you know, of course, all universities have their bureaucracies, but there's a certain sensibility here um, that I really appreciate because of its size um, and, and its history. You know, it's a very, very different scene than York. All right. Thank you so much. So anything else that you'd like to share? Maybe uh, how folks can still engage with the Agnes virtually and in person over the next year? Absolutely. So we are open. Um, we, of course, take all the necessary precautions to keep folks safe in our COVID times, um, which includes, you know, monitoring the number of people in the galleries um, and such. But we are open. Uh, I encourage you to come by and see the exhibitions. I actually believe that these COVID times are facilitating beautiful, intimate moments of engagement with art. So you, you know, you can come to the gallery and you actually can be in a gallery by yourself and take your time. Like take advantage of that, that circumstance because it really is a special, special opportunity to get to spend so much close time and intimate time by yourself in, in galleries. But our online program is the teaming. Um, busting at the seams. We just finished an incredible wellness um, symposium. But we are, and we are offering a lot of our programs also for any like families out there, all of our family youth programs are being offered for free um, because we understand as our civic and social duty that we want to contribute to the greater good of society. Um, so they're free to attend. You can sign up online. You get a Zoom link sent to you and there's art making classes. There's talks and tours. Um, there are, you know, focus sessions on wellness and mental health. Um, so I encourage people to have a little look through the Agnes's website to see what um, appeals to them. Amazing. And the website is? Agnes.queensu.ca. 
Amazing. Okay, so I think that's a wrap. Thank you very much, Emily, for joining us here on Campus Beat and talking about uh, the great stuff that's happening at the Agnes and the great new stuff that you are bringing uh, to the Agnes and to our community right here at Queen's End in Kingston. We really do appreciate your time and welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. 